98K News. Good afternoon, it's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines, Starry Lee is re-elected House Committee Chairwoman as LegCo descends into chaos again. The Independent Police Complaints Council rejects criticism of its report on the police's handling of anti-government protests and examination authorities are set to discuss whether or not to invalidate a controversial history question in this year's DSE paper. A tense meeting of the House Committee has finally elected a chairperson after several months of filibustering by the opposition camp. There was pandemonium as pan-Democrat lawmakers were ejected for calling the proceedings illegal and fighting for control. Wendy Wong reports. Scuffles were widely anticipated at this morning's House Committee meeting amid accusations from pan-Democrat lawmakers that it was illegal. On Friday, the electrical president invoked special powers to remove the Civic Party's Dennis Kwok from presiding over matters, citing the failure to choose a chairperson in several months of meetings. His replacement, Finance Committee Chair Chan Kin Po, was seated at the chairperson's podium 45 minutes before proceedings began at 11 a.m. and before any lawmaker was allowed in. Security guards formed a protective cordon around him, and as the start of the meeting neared, opposition lawmakers tried to break through and cover the desk with a large black cloth. Several lawmakers, including Ted Hoy and Chu Hoi Dick, were rejected, and another, Andrew Wen, appeared to have been injured. Lam Cha Teng was carried out after tearing up books of Fletchko's rules of procedure. As Labour Party lawmaker Fernando Cheung chanted constantly in the background, the remaining lawmakers, mainly from the pro-establishment camp, elected DAB party leader Starry Lee as chairperson. Speaking after the meeting, the pro-democracy camp accused its rival and the government of overturning all the existing rules and procedures of LegCo. Here's the Civic Party's Dennis Kwok. The reality in Hong Kong today is that whenever Beijing, whenever Kerry Lam and the pro-establishment don't like something, they will do whatever it takes, including breaking the system that we have, the rules that we have. The same goes to one country, two system. The same goes to basic law and the rules of procedure. They will twist, they will tear down, they will burn down whatever is in their way. The pandems have accused pro-government lawmaker Chang Kim Poor of subverting LegCo rules and conventions by holding what they called an illegal House Committee meeting and an illegitimate chairman election. The camp says Mr Chan had no power to chair the meeting and the election in the first place, stressing they won't recognise the DAB Starry Lee as the elected chairwoman of the House Committee. Here's pro-democracy lawmaker Claudia Mo. Chen Kin Po is a mere little puppet dancing to the tune of the uh, Carrie Lam government, uh, which uh, in turn uh, listens to uh, the Beijing big boss uh, at whatever the cost. I used to say uh, Hong Kong is uh, uh, the marching towards uh, the beginning of the end of the uh, one country, two systems. Now it's obvious to all that uh, we're not just uh, nearing the end. It is probably the end. The Business and Professionals Alliance's Priscilla Leung is happy the election is finally over, but she expects chaos to ensue again when the controversial national anthem law is tabled at the House Committee. We just call for the uh, peaceful means to express one's different views, not to use this kind of violent act. And late is better than never, right? 
So we still have two months to go. We hope that we could pass some essential bills and uh, have essential discussion. Even one month, one week, we should not waste anymore. So we would try our very best to do the rest. To other news now, the Independent Police Complaints Council has rejected criticism of its report on the police's handling of anti-government protests, saying it drew objective conclusions from information from different parties. Priscilla Ng reports. The chairman of the Watchdog's Publicity and Survey Committee, Clement Chen, told an RTHK program that apart from trying to reconstruct crucial events, such as the July 21st Yunlong attacks using police data, it also relied on news footage and appealed online for information. For example, he said the IPCC was able to conclude that the police's 999 hotline was abused on that day after coming across online posts calling on people to jam the system. His comments drew fire from Democratic Party lawmaker Lam Chak-ting, who accused the police watchdog of distorting the truth. This was echoed by several callers to the radio show, who said they tried to call the police to inform them of the attacks, but said police hung up on them. Examination authorities will meet today to discuss whether to invalidate a controversial history question in this year's Diploma of Secondary Education exam. Here's Joanne Wong. The Council of the Hong Kong Examinations and Assessment Authority will discuss the Education Bureau's demand for the controversial history question to be dropped. The Bureau says the question on whether Japan did more good than harm to China in the period of 1900 to 1945 was misleading, biased and hurtful to Chinese people. The Authority's Secretary General, So Kwok San, said council members needed to discuss the issue carefully. Meanwhile, there were protests outside his Wan Chai office. Pro-Beijing group a New Millenarian accused the authority of making an unforgivable and careless mistake and demanded the Education Bureau be given more say in vetting questions. The Hong Kong Fishermen Consortium handed in a petition and accused the authority of being inhumane to have come up with such a question. Sources say the government will extend by two weeks its ban on public gatherings of more than eight people. The restrictions were due to expire on Thursday. It's understood the government considers it's not suitable to relax or cancel the rule after reporting three local coronavirus infections with an unknown source. Authorities may relax social distancing restrictions imposed on some venues. The airport authority has reportedly yielded to pressure to pay contractors an extra $8 billion to complete the third runway on time. Chinese-language newspaper Ming Pao reported that contractors warned that a shortage of marine sand for reclamation could delay the $141 billion project by up to two years, to 2026. They initially demanded $16.8 billion. Airport officials admitted last year that the shortage of filling materials led to an 18-week delay. Ambrose Lin, the chief executive of Hong Kong Construction Materials Association, says he expects the supply of marine sand will continue to be tight and prices have increased by around 20% since last year. Because of the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, the demand for marine sand over the past few months has been very exorbitant, very tight. So I do expect that you know, well, in the coming years, one or two years, the demand will be, will be increasingly tight, unfortunately, I, I would say. Turning overseas, a Canadian military display jet has crashed in a residential area of British Columbia, killing at least one crew member, seriously injuring another and setting a house on fire. These people witnessed the crash. What? He just crashed. Oh my God! Yeah. He 
jump out though. The plane, part of the Snowbirds demonstration team, was taking part in a cross-country tour to salute Canadians working to fight the coronavirus. It went down shortly after takeoff from Kamloops Airport and burst into flames. One person ejected from the plane and landed by parachute on a roof. The mayor of Brazil's largest city, Sao Paulo, says the health system is close to collapse as demand grows for emergency hospital beds to deal with the coronavirus cases. Bruno Covas said the city's public hospitals had reached 90% capacity. He said he was in talks with the state governor over introducing a strict lockdown to try to slow contagion. The virus is also hitting the city of Rio de Janeiro, where Marcelo Calixstein is an intensive care unit doctor. My hospital is dealing with a new series of cases that we have never seen before. And from some day, it starts to overflow with patients. And now in our hospital, we have more than half of our capacity of treating patients with coronavirus confirmed patients and more than half of them on the ICU. Some of the European countries worst hit by the coronavirus have reported encouraging drops in the daily number of fatalities to levels roughly equating to when their lockdowns respectively started. Italy says another 145 people with the virus died, the lowest figure since the day it entered lockdown 10 weeks ago. People in Milan were asked whether the city was ready to reopen. Now we are getting better, we feel better. We can take walks uh, out from home, uh, so for the kids it's good. I believe that people understood how they have to manage this situation. So I believe that everybody will give his uh, contribute to the reopening. I believe in the Milanese power. <laughs> in Spain, the number fell below 100 for the first time since before it imposed nationwide restrictions. The chairman of the U.S. Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, says America's economy could take until the end of next year to recover, and a full revival may depend on the discovery of a coronavirus vaccine. Meanwhile, the U.S. Health Secretary, Alex Ezar, said the authorities aren't seeing a spike in COVID-19 cases in areas that have started to reopen. Speaking to CBS's Face the Nation, Mr. Ezar argued, argued sorry, there were serious repercussions to keeping U.S. states shut down. It's actually health versus health. We see suicidality. We see reduction in cardiac procedures, cancer screenings, um, pediatric vaccinations. There is a real, a very real health consequence to these shutdowns that must be balanced against as we, as we try to reopen this economy and move forward. Official figures from Japan show that the world's third largest economy has gone into recession for the first time since 2015. GDP shrank for a second consecutive quarter in the three months to March. Japan is on course for its worst economic slump since the Second World War as a result of the coronavirus crisis. More details from the BBC's Mariko Oi. This morning's figure wasn't as bad as uh, what economists had expected, uh, but if you look at uh, the data closely, uh, private consumption is down, exports are down as uh, the global economy is, uh, was in a lockdown. Uh, and there are concerns that in the second quarter of this year, the economy could be even hit harder uh, because uh, from April to June, uh, April is when the state of emergency was declared, forcing people to stay at home, which means that people couldn't go out to spend their money.
Locally, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 23,889. That's 92 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $59 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 107.09 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 8 cents. And the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 38 cents. Now with the sports news, here's Adam Jung. We start with football in Germany, where the leaders Bayern Munich returned to action with a convincing win over Union Berlin. Robert Lewandowski scored his 40th on the season. Benjamin Pavard added one more as Bayern won 2-0 behind closed doors in Berlin to go four points clear at the top. The early kickoff saw Mainz come from behind to draw 2-2 with Cologne. Lutz Fennenstiel is sporting director at Dusseldorf, who drew nil-nil with Paderborn on Saturday. He says the new matchday experience has relieved some of the players' worries about returning to action. We are tested two times a week. Also, the family members are tested once in a while. We got a clear feeling from the players that they do feel safe. I honestly also felt very safe myself because being tested on a Tuesday, for example, and on a Friday, 24 hours before kickoff or a little bit more, I think 30 hours before kickoff, it tells me that 11 healthy players plus the bench players plus the coaching staff are all healthy and they're playing against a team which has the same test that they're healthy. So literally the risk that there is somebody who is positive involved in the stadium is very, very small. In the United States, Major League Baseball is facing a potential loss of four billion U.S. dollars over a downsized 82-game season in empty ballparks. The league is aiming to start the season in early July, but the proposal has been criticized by the players. RTHK's Ray Jovanovic explains. The big issue, though, is that owners are this reportedly seeking a 50-50 revenue-sharing split, which ties compensation uh, to lead profits for the players. No question the players will most likely balk over this revenue sharing plan. Uh, player safety is very, very important as well. But the last time Major League Baseball owners attempted to install a revenue sharing system or a salary cap, let's be perfectly uh, clear here, it led to the 1994 strike, which lasted more than seven months. That stoppage cost the league a billion dollars. This time could be four billion. Auto racing has returned in the United States with victory for Kevin Harvick at the NASCAR event in Darlington, South Carolina, following a 10-week layoff due to the pandemic. It was a crucial gamble for the sport, which had to get back to the track to stave off financial ruin. South Carolina and North Carolina were the first states to approve NASCAR's restart plan, and as other states began to open, the series now features 20 events across seven southern states between now and the 21st of June. There will be no spectators, at least through that day. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Adam. And to end the news, our top story once again, Starry Lee is re-elected House Committee Chairwoman as LegCo descends into chaos again. The news from RTHK. I would be complex. I would be cool. They'd say I played the field before I found someone to commit to. And that would be okay for me to do. Every conquest I had made would make me more of a boss to you. I'd be a fearless leader. I'd be an alpha type. When everyone believes ya, what's that like? I'm so sick of running as fast as I can. 
work They wouldn't shake their heads and question how much of this I deserve What I was wearing, if I was rude Could I be separated from my good ideas and power moves And they would toast to me, oh, let the players play I'd be just like Leo in Saint-Tropez I'm so sick of running as fast as I can And welcome to today's 123 show with me, Noreen Meir, on this Monday afternoon. Monday, the 18th of May, is today's date. Hope you all had a wonderful weekend. We do have a busy show for you. Just after half past one, uh, we will be chatting uh, with Nathan Sawlier, fitness coach, and we'll be chatting about building muscles and also exercising without hurting our joints. Uh, feel free to drop us an email then. You can ask your question directly to Nathan. Our email address is 123show at rthk.hk. You can also find us on Facebook, which is Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. And finally, after 2.30, this week on Trash Talk, Marcy will be chatting with District Councillor Paul Zimmerman uh, from a Drink Without Waste about recycling and also the idea of a circular economy in Hong Kong after the pandemic. And uh, we want to hear from you also, so do get in touch with us. Of course, there will be great music coming your way this Monday afternoon. And this is The Hours on Radio 3 with Back When You Were Good.